Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ever heard of the princess in Renaissance Sweden who turned to a life of piracy? What about the 17th century Angolan queen who executed a man for daring to criticize her active sex life? These are just two stories shared on Vulgar History, a feminist women's history comedy podcast. Vulgar History shares the stories of history's most scandalous women, taking a new look at those you thought you knew and introducing you to those history too often forgets. Vulgar History is available on all podcasting platforms. Shakespeare for All is a new podcast series that offers an accessible, engaging introduction to Shakespeare's life, poetry, and 24 of his plays in a high-quality audio format. Courses provide the story of the play, an in-depth discussion of its characters, language, and questions, and performance and analysis of key speeches. Each course features interviews with world-class Shakespearean scholars like Emma Smith, Stephen Greenblatt, and Farah Kareem Cooper and original performances from top Shakespearean actors, including performers from The Globe, The Royal Shakespeare Company, and award-winning artists like Julian Glover and Dame Harriet Walter. Juliet Stevenson and RSC veteran Patterson Joseph feature in the course on Measure for Measure, along with Harvard professor of English Gordon Teske. Find Shakespeare for All on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and at www.shakespeareforall.com. Next Chapter Podcasts presents the play on podcast series, The Winter's Tale, Episode 2, I'll Spay Em All. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. And remember, it is required you awake your faith. nightcap to my enemy. His mortal sleep might bring to me some rest. 
How is it with you, best You look as if you held a brow of much distraction. <laughs> Are you troubled, husband? My lord. Go then, and with a countenance as clear as friendship wears at feasts, be with Polixenes, and with your queen. I am his cupbearer. If from me he gets wholesome beverage, account me not your servant. That is all. Do it, and you have one half of my heart. Do it not, you split your own. I'll do it, my lord. I will seem friendly, as you have advised me. Miserable lady. As for me, what's there to do? I now must be the poisoner of good Polixenes, and my grounds to do it is the obedience to a master, one who in rebellion with himself will have all those around him hurt. If I do this, reward follows. But could I find example of thousands that had snuffed anointed kings and flourished after? I'd not do it. But since no plaque nor stony monument lists one, and criminals themselves reject it. I'll deny the king. To do it or not brings ruin either way to me. Heaven bless me now. Here comes Polixenes. That was strange. It seems my welcome here has begun to wane. He scowled. Greetings, Camillo! Hail, most royal sir! What is the news in the court? None new, my lord. The king had on him such a countenance as if he'd lost the battle for some country loved as he loves himself. Just now I passed him with customary greeting, and then he, rolling his eyes toward heaven and oozing an aura of contempt, sped from me. And this leaves me to consider what is breeding that changes his demeanor. I dare not know, my lord. Ah, how dare not? Do you know but dare not know? Now be forthright in this, whate'er it is. Within yourself what you do know you must reveal. And must not say you dare not know. Your changed expression is to me a mirror which shows me mine changed too, for I must be a party to this alteration, finding myself altered with it. There is a sickness that puts some of us in distemper, but I cannot name the disease, mm. and it has spread to you that yet are well. How spread to me? Don't make me out to be a sickly monster. I've looked on thousands who have fared better by my regard and killed none yet. Camillo, as you are certainly a gentleman, what's more, a learned man, which no less compliments our gentry than our parents' noble names, in whose stead we are noble, I beseech you. If you know that which might behoove my knowledge thereof to be informed, imprison it not in ignorant concealment. I may not answer. <laughs> A sickness spread to me, though I am well. I must be answered. Do you hear, Camillo? I appeal to you. By all the modes of conduct that men of honor acknowledge, 
at least not this pursuit of mine, that you declare the nature and the source of this disease that's creeping toward me. How far off, how near, which way to be prevented, if it may, if not, how best to bear it? Sir, I will tell you. Since I am charged in honor and by you whom I think honorable, I'll give my advice, which then must be as swiftly followed as I mean to speak it, or both you and I cry lost, and so good night. Go on, Camillo. I am assigned by him to murder you. <laughs> by whom, Camillo? By the king. For what? He thinks, no, with all confidence, he swears, as if he'd seen it, or been accessory to spur you to it, that you have touched his queen forbiddenly. Well, then, my best blood turns to an infected jelly, and my name is joined with Judas, who betrayed the best. And then my cleanest reputation becomes a stench that will offend the dullest nostril wherever I go. So my approach is shunned and hated too. Worse than the worst disease that e'er was known or had. Swear he is wrong? By each particular star in heaven? Or by anything that's true, you could sooner forbid the sea to answer to the moon than you'd by oath remove or counsel shake the force of his conviction, whose foundation is erected upon his faith and will outlast the breathing of his body. How'd this start? I don't know, but I'm sure it's safer to avoid what's grown than question how it's born. And therefore, if you trust my honesty, which lies enclosed in my chest, which you now may carry as collateral, let's go. Your entourage I'll make known of this business, then they'll by twos and threes at several stations clear out of the city for myself. I'll put my fortunes in your service, which are here by this discovery collapsed. Please know that by the honor of my parents I have spoken truth, which if you seek to prove I dare not stand by, you would not be safer than one condemned by the king's own decree, and there his execution sealed. I believe you. I saw his heart on his face. Now take my hand. Be shepherd to me, and your fortune shall be bound with mine. My ships are ready, and my people were expecting my departure two days ago. This jealousy is for a precious creature. As she's rare, it must be strong. And as his person's mighty, it must be violent. And as he does believe he is dishonored by a man that is like kin to him, then his revenges must from that be made more bitter. Fear envelops me. So... Swift departure be my friend, and blessings on the gracious queen, part of his theme, but guiltless of his unsound suspicion. Come, Camillo. I will respect you as a father if you can preserve my life. Lead on, away. It is in my authority to command the keys to all the gateways. Please, your highness, let's hurry and be gone from here at once. Mother? Mother? Come play. I have something to tell you. Ladies, take my son and play. I have something to tell you. He so prods at me I'm past exhaustion. Mother? Come, my feisty lord. Shall I be your playfellow? No, I don't want you. Why, my sweet lord? You'll smother me and speak to me as if I were a baby still. I love you better. 
And why is that, my lord? It's not because your brows are fuller, yet full brows, they say, become some women best. So long as there's not too much hair there, and with a shapely arch, or a half moon drawn with a pen. <laughs> you learned this? I learned it all from studying women's faces. What color are your eyebrows? Blue, my lord. No, that's a joke. I've seen your nose that has been blue, but not your eyebrows. Look now. The queen, your mother, is rounded out. I shall present my services to a fine new prince any day now, and then you'll miss my playing and wish me back. Her time is almost here. When time comes, may an easy birth be hers. What gossip stirs among you? <laughs> Good, sir. Now I'm here for you again. Come, sit by me and tell me a tale. Happier sad shalt be. As happy as you will. A sad tale's best for winter. I know one of ghosts and goblins. Let's have that, sweet sir. Come here. Sit down, right here, and do your best to fright me with your ghosts. <laughs> On, storyteller. There was a man dwelt by a churchyard. Oh, come close, then, and whisper in my ear. I will tell it softly so these crickets won't hear me. You saw him where? And was Camillo with him? Behind a field of pines I passed them. <sighs> Never seen men so quickly rush away. I watched them run straight onto their ships. Ah, oh, how blessed am I in my suspicion and my condemnation. I wish for less than knowledge. I am cursed in being so blessed. There may be in the cup a spider steeped, and one may drink. Depart, and yet partake no venom, for his knowledge is not infected. But if one presents the hoard ingredient to his eye, makes known what he has drunk, he rips his throat, his sides with violent heaves. I have drunk and seen the spider. Camilla was his aid in this. His agent! There is a plot against my life, my crown. All's true that is mistrusted. That false villain who I employed was pre-employed by him. While he's revealed my plan to him, I'm now hamstrung, gutted, a petty little trick for them to play at will. <laughs> Antigonus. Yes, my lord. How were the gateways so readily opened? By Camillo's command, who's often ordered this as envoy of your great authority. I know it too well. Give me the boy. My lord! I'm glad you did not nurse him. Although he does resemble me, there's still too much of you in him. Is this a joke? <laughs> Take the boy, hands. He shall not come near her. Take him out. No. And let her play with herself. 
Well, and oh. whom she's big by, for it's Polixenes that's made her swell. I, but I'd say he has not. And I'd swear you would believe my saying, however you lean to the contrary. Take the boy hands. No! Oh. No! Oh. Wait. No, Mom! Antigonus, look at her. Watch her closely. And if you are moved to say she is a goodly lady, the justness of your hearts will have to add, tis pity she's not true or honorable. Praise her for her outward charm and beauty, which it is true deserves high praise. But soon you'll have to shrug and hum and ha, ha, And it's these shrugs, these hums and ha's that line up once you have said she's good and must proceed if next you'd say she's honest. So be it known from him that has most cause to grieve the truth, she's an adulteress. If a villain said so, the most notorious villain in the world, he would be much more villainous. My lord, you are mistaken. You've mistook. My lady, Polixenes, for Leontes. Oh, you thing. And I'll not speak the name that you deserve, for were I too, it would be a vulgarity that set a lowly precedent and showed that courtly manners and comportment fail between the prince and beggar. I have said she's an adulteress. I have said with whom? And she's a traitor. And Camillo is a federary with her, and one that knows what she should shame to know herself. Were she not stewed in lurid reverie, that she's a bed swerver. My lord! And known by much worse vulgar name than that. Yes, and she knew about their planned escape. No! On my life, privy to none of this. How will this grieve you when you shall come to clearer knowledge that you've spoken this way to me? Gentle, my lord... The only way to write me is to say that you were wrong. No, if I am unsound in those foundations which I build upon, then earth itself's not strong enough to bear a schoolboy's top away with her. To prison. To prison? My lord! They who shall speak for her are guilty because they speak. Her time is coming. She cannot go. Wait. Oh, my lady. Some ill planet reigns. I must be patient till the heavens gaze with a more friendly face. No, my good lords. I am not prone to weeping as our sex commonly are. The dryness of my eyes, perhaps, might dry your pities. But I have an honorable grief in my heart, which burns worse than tears drown. I ask you all to look and measure me as your thoughts will instruct. With your compassion, measure me. And now, the king's will be performed. Shall I be heard? Who shall accompany me? Oh, my my lady. Please to allow my women to be with me, for you see, my state requires it. What is happening? Do not weep, good fools. There is no cause. When you shall know your mistress has deserved prison, then abound in tears when I am freed. This voyage I now go on is for me but a test. Adieu, my lord. I've never wished to see you sorry. 
Now I trust I shall. My women, come. We'll go. Here, I have you. do my bidding. Off! I beg your highness, call her back again. Be sure of what you do, sir, or your justice prove to be violence in which three souls suffer. Yourself, your queen, your son. For her, my lord, I would my life lay down and will do it, sir, if you'll accept it that the queen is spotless in the eyes of heaven and of you. I mean, of this would you accuse her. If it's proved she's otherwise, I'll house my wife in the stable with my horses. She'll not roam astray, and though I'd feed her and brush her, I would not trust her. For every single woman in the world and every ounce of woman's flesh is false, if she is. Hold your peace, Antigonus. My gracious lord. It is for you we speak, not for ourselves. You've been deceived, and by some perjury that will be damned for it. If I knew the villain, I'd make this scoundrel pay. If she's guilty, I have three daughters. The eldest is eleven, the second and the third nine, and soon five. If this prove true, they'll pay for it. Mark my words, I'll spay them all. They shall not bring forth babes to grace my legacy. It's all I've wished, but I would forfeit being called grandfather were our queen proven false, or if not, Peace. then... no more. You smell this business with a sense as cold as a dead man's nose, Antigonus. But I can see it and feel it, like you may see these hands, which seize your neck. <gasps> no, and feel it when they do. <gasps> My lord, no. <coughs> if this proves true... We need no grave to bury innocence. There's not a drop of it to wash the face of the whole dingy earth. So, I lack credit? Oh. I'd rather you did lack in this, my lord. I swear to you it would content me more to prove her honor true than your suspicion, however you might be judged for it. What need we consult with you in this instead of follow our sound investigation? Our prerogative requires not your opinion. But our goodness inquires of it. Though if you're dumbstruck or bereft of sense and cannot or will not accept a truth like this, let it be known we need no more of your advice. This matter, the right, the wrong, the judging of it all, is properly mine. And I do wish, my lord, you'd tried the case within your silent judgment without more commentary. Why is that? Hmm? Either you've become ignorant from age or you were born a fool. Camillo's flight, compounded by their gross display of lust, apparent as the stench of soiled sheets that lacked sight only to be proven true, rank first among the evidences that shore up the truth and push on this proceeding. Oh, oh good heavens. Yet, for still greater confirmation, for in a case of this importance twere most wrongful to be rash, I've sent with urgency to sacred Delphos, to Apollo's temple, Cleomenes and Dion, whom you know are squarely qualified. And from the oracle they will bring word, whose spiritual counsel had, will stop or spur me on. Have I done well? Well done, my lord. Though I am satisfied and need no more than what I know, the oracle's wisdom shall give rest to the minds of others. 
such as he whose ignorant conviction will not bring him up to the truth. And we have thought it wise the queen should be confined in jail for now, in case the treachery of the two who fled be left for her to do. Come, follow me. We mean to give a speech, for this discovery will rouse us all. To laughter, as I see it, if the good truth were known. <laughs> Lady Paulina, what is your wish? The keeper of the prison. Go find him. Make sure you tell him who I am. Good lady, no court in Europe is too good for you. Why do you dwell in prison? Now, good sir, you know me, Paulina. A worthy lady, and one that I do honor. Pray you then, escort me to the queen. I may not, madam. I've been instructed strictly to the contrary. Shameful to lock up grace and honor from the axis of friendly visitors. Tell me, is it allowed to see her women, any of them? Emilia. If you'll please, madam, to send away these your attendants, I will bring Amelia here. Then please do so. Withdraw yourselves. Yes, my lady. And madam, so you know, I must be present at your conference. So be it. Get her. This eager push to make no stain a stain colors outside the lines. Oh, oh. dear gentlewoman, how does our gracious lady? As well as one so great and so forlorn may hold together from her frights and woes which never has expectant mother braved better. She has before her time given birth. A boy? A daughter and a healthy babe, likely to live and strong. The queen receives much comfort from her, says, my poor prisoner, I'm innocent as you. I tell you true, there's come much grief from the king's fantasies. He must be told so, and he shall, by me. The task becomes a woman best. But no, if I resort to flattery, let my tongue blister and never be the loyal partner to my anger anymore. And so, Amelia, convey my happy blessings to the queen. If she dares trust me with her little babe, I'll show it the king and undertake to be her loudest advocate. We do not know how he may soften at the sight of the child. Often... The silence of pure innocence persuades when speaking fails. Most worthy madam, your honor and your goodness are so clear that you in this great task will surely birth a happy offspring. There is no lady living more suited for this vital errand. Now, if you will wait right here, I'll go and will inform the queen of your most generous offer. She just today conceived a similar plan, but feared ask any noble friend to risk reprisal by the king. Tell her, Amelia, I'll use the tongue I have. If speech flow from it as full of feeling as my heart, then she may rest assured I will do well. 
Bless you. I'll tell the queen and bring you to the babe. <coughs> Madam, if it please the queen to send the babe, I fear what comes to me if I allow it without command. You need not fear it, sir. This child was prisoner to the womb, but now is freed by nature's process and by law has entered personhood. Not a party to the anger of the king, nor guilty of, if any are, the crimes of our good queen. I do believe it. Do not you fear. Upon my honor, I will stand between you and danger. Play On podcast series, The Winter's Tale, was translated into modern English verse and directed by Tracy Young. The cast is as follows. Elijah Alexander as Leontes. Kayla Carter as Perdita and Amelia. Gina Daniels as Hermione, Mopsa, Shepherd's Servant, and Paulina Stewart. Rodney Gardiner as Polixenes. Elijah Goodfriend as Mamilius. Ian Gould as Clown, Lord, and Gentleman. Christopher Jean as Antigonus, Old Shepherd, Servant, Lord, and Rogera. Jim Lickscheidel as Autolycus, Jailer, Cleomenes, Officer, and Lord. Christopher Livingston as Florizel and Servant. KT Vote as Paulina and Dorcas. Lisa Volpe as Camillo, Dion, Older Lady-in-Waiting, and Gentleman, featuring Estelle Parsons as Time. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle, CSA, and Ada Karamanian. Voice and text coach, Julie Foe. Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Katherine Eaton. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Lindsay Jones. Music direction by Andrew Fox. Sound engineering by Sadaharo Yagi and Kabi Kabakov. Mix engineer and dialogue editor, Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys. Managing producer, Robert Capadona. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The Managing Director of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast Series, The Winter's Tale, is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the HITS Foundation. Visit ncpodcasts.com for more about the Play On Podcast Series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play On Shakespeare. Hear more about the Play On Shakespeare podcast series by subscribing to Play On Premium at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And remember, it is required you do awake your faith.
This is Michael Goodfriend, executive producer of the Play On Podcasts, and I want to tell you about a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. It's called True Fiction Project. On each episode, writer and host Renita Hora interviews guests from all walks of life, and then a fiction writer comes on to create a piece of short fiction inspired from the interview. For example, Wise Guy Charming is inspired by comedian Ethan Hershenfeld's comical experience of playing Prince Charming in kids' theater, but being called out by a little girl for not meeting her princely expectations. And in Shadow Realm, Kanix Kanix Shefwaran explains how he used Sanskrit chants to musically portray his characters. You'll love it if you're into reading, writing, theater, the arts, or if you're a creative person looking for inspiration. Subscribe to True Fiction Project wherever you get your podcasts, or look for it at renita.com slash podcast. That's renita with two E's, n-i-t-a dot com slash podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Next chapter podcasts.